0: I'm not an apostle, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a reed shaken by the wind, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing you the way of the Lord, all I am, but it's good to be here with you, third time in 24 hours, that's pretty good, huh? yeah, less than 24 hours, but it is, it's always a pleasure to be here. And, and right off the bat, I want to thank you for being standing with me for 20-some 20 years, 24 just about. I think Pastor's been here 23, uh, something like that. I was here the year before. I was here when all the wild hippies were here. How many here does not know what a real hippie is? Mel Gothard, are you here or are you gone? Anyway, forget it. But they were real hippies back in those days. And all of them got saved, cleaned up, and they're outstanding men and women now. But um, I've been here with you for a long time. And I cannot take credit for anything that I've done in Mexico. If I take credit for what's been done, if God shuts the valve off today... Then I'm going to have to take credit tomorrow for what's not done. I do not want to take the blame tomorrow, so I'd better not take the credit today. You understand it? You've been a great part of what we've done in Mexico. Now, I've seen James Brown sing, and I've seen him move. It looks like lightning strikes him every time because he shakes from head to toe. I've seen Sammy Davis Jr. That man can dance. I mean, he can move. I've seen Michael Jackson. He wasn't a slouch either. But I saw real movement this morning right there when a little fellow was standing, playing the drums, playing the guitar. He had rhythm that would have put James... And, and Michael and all of those to shame. He was enjoying himself this morning. Do you tell him I said that? Tell him I'll see him next year back on the drum, back on the make-believe guitar. Good to be here with you. I'm going to prove to you today that God loves you. It's Christmas time. Wonderful time. I told the congregation a little while ago, we were able to bless young two young couples, one one young couple and the others on the way it's gonna be a, a blessing. Young man who's struggling, beautiful little wife, making it from day to day, living in a borrowed house, nothing that he can call his own, not one thing he could call his own. Well Christmas morning he's gonna open an envelope, and in that envelope It's going to be the title of a house and property, his gift from Mexico ministers. He doesn't know it. It's going to be there. So I thank you that you allow me to be your hand in reaching out to the needy. The other young man, he has less than that young man. And we're going to build him a little house here in the next few weeks. All because of Church on the Rock in Texarkana, the former hippie church. Thank you so much. I'm going to prove to you that God loves you. I'm going to celebrate Christmas. I'm going to open every package that I get from Mary Lou with joy. All one of them. Last week I had the mayor of Prosper, Texas with me. We had a great time. It was 18 men and women, and and, and we blessed the orphanage. About $20,000 we gave to the orphanage. Took them all to town, big, big department store. Let them go through and pick out whatever they wanted. It was a great day in their life last week. Went up into the mountain, 700 bags of fruit and candies, to give to the little Indian kids up in the mountains. It was a great time, wonderful time. So we had the mayor from Prosper, you know, real uppity type guy. So I told him, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go blasting through your town, and I'm going to run every red light, all two of them. I'm going to see what power you really have. So I'll let you know if he's above the police or if he's not. I'm going to prove to you that God loves you. And if you know that God loves you, you can do a lot of hard times. I know my wife loves me. She stayed with me 56, 7, something like that, years. 56? 56. 56. Almost. I know she loves me. I know that God loves me. He stayed with me a little bit longer than that. I know my wife will continue to stay with me, but she will not stay with me near as long as my Lord's gonna stay with me throughout this life and throughout all of eternity. I'm gonna prove to you that God loves you. I'm gonna prove to you today that God that you are special. In the eyes of God. I don't want you to bow your head. I don't want you to look down. I don't want you to be sad. I want you to know that you are very special to God today. I'm going to preach it and prove it from the word of God. Open your Bibles with me. And blessings on our pastor. Our people in Mexico daily pray. Our, our sister Lanelle. We constantly pray in English. We pray in Spanish. We pray in Sochil. We pray in Chamula. We pray in Setal. We pray in all those languages, constantly lifting up our sister, believing God for extended health for her life. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Got it? I want you to to read it, but I want you to kind of hold your thumb there because we're going to go back to it. We're going to read it again a little bit later. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Listen very carefully to the words of Jesus Christ. These words, the prophet, Isaiah spoke, prophesied, would come to pass. But the man that he prophesied about is speaking now, Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I want you to notice that. He sent me to proclaim liberty to release and release to the captives. I want you to remember that. The recovery of sight to the blind. Think about that. To proclaim the, the favorable year, uh, to, to set free those who are, are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. It's all about the patient, nothing about Jesus. I want you to remember that. We're celebrating the birth of Christ. Thank God he came. Thank God he is with us today. But it was never about Jesus. It was always about why he came. It was always about you. He left his home in glory for you. Always about you. I was in Mayo Clinic a few weeks ago. A year ago, a little over a year ago, I had a stroke. This leg is still weak, so if you see me begin to fall, Mike, you 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 run, and catch me. It is weak. It's weak. Had a stroke. I was on the top of a mountain in Mexico, and blood vessel messed up, and uh, caused me a little setback. A few weeks ago, I went back to Mayo Clinic for a continued examination, and what I saw, every church should copy I never in all of my life have I ever seen the kindness of the people of Mayo Clinic Clinic. it's a huge huge conglomerate of a hospital has anyone ever been there from here you know what I'm talking about St. Mary's Hospital the clinic everything it, it is humongous So everywhere I turned, everyone was so kind to me, just extra kind to me. It finally just got the best of me. So I stopped a lady, and I said, tell me, why are you so kind? Do you study that? Do they make you go through a a kindness uh, class or or train for it or what? Why? Why? She said, it's all about the patient. And so I wasn't satisfied. I found another one. I asked the same question. I got the same answer. It's all about the patient. Now, I'm looking at people from Africa. I'm looking at people from the Arab nations. I look. I can tell by their dress. I'm looking at people from India. From all over the world, they've come to Mayo Clinic. I sat with some of the most brilliant minds in medicine, and they talked to me like I was their little child. Kind. It wasn't about the degrees that they had. The universities where they had studied, The years of their experience, it was never about any of that. It was always about me and my need. When I left there a few weeks ago, I turned to one and I said, I'd almost like to get sick so I could come back again. That's what we ought to feel in this church, Pastor. That's what we ought to feel in this church. It's about the sinner that walks in. It's about the hurting that walks in. It's about the needy that walks in. Now let me go back and reread that verse with you. The Lord said the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Well, that same spirit is on me this morning. So you might as well hear what I'm going to tell you. That same Holy Spirit rest upon me that rest upon Jesus that day. He has appointed me to preach the, the gospel to the poor. You see, it was never about Jesus. It was about why he came. It was about the poor that needed the gospel. He has sent me to proclaim release and liberty to the captives. A lot of people are captive of everything you can imagine, even here in your area captives of alcohol, captives of of drugs, captives of sin, of this, that, or the other. He said, I've come to set you free. It's not about Jesus. It's about the patient. The recovery of sight to the blind, not about Jesus, about people that can't see. To set free those who are oppressed, not about Jesus or his ability It's about the oppressed that need to be released and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Can you understand what I'm talking about? We celebrate Christ. Thank God he came. We call it Christmas. But he didn't come just to have a Christmas celebration. He came for people who were hurting, who were lost, who were broken, who were killed, captives who were blind, he came for the patient. When Jesus sent his 12 out two by two, you remember what he said? Not about you. Not Dr. Matthew or Bishop James or the right Reverend John. Not about you. He said, go, heal the sick, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give it. It's never about the preacher or the prophet. It's about the patient always. God spoke to Moses. Have you ever preached using Moses as a text, Pastor? If I asked you how many times, you'd have to get a calculator. A great man did a great job, but it was never about Moses, nothing about Moses. It was about 2 million people who were in Egypt who were being beaten and made to make brick and beaten and beaten and beaten, and they cried out to God. And the Bible said their prayer came up to God It was never about Moses. It was always about those two million people that needed to be led out of Egypt and into the promised land. You, God loves you. Not about me today. Not about Pastor uh, uh, John. Not about Pastor Mike. It's not about the song. It's not about anybody. But you, you're the patient. And God loves you. And allowed all of this to be a part of telling you he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. It was never about the, Sh- the Shumanite woman. You remember the story in Kings when the Shumanite favored the prophet, built a little house onto her house so that he could stay in when he was traveling through kind gesture uh, gesture of that lady very kind she was without child prophet said would you like to have a baby well that would be all right unless you had 14 or 50 and you'd say yes yes and so about a year later she gave birth to a little boy she watched that little boy grow go out and play with his dad run out and one day he ran out there and in he fell. His dad said to the workers, pick him up. Take him to his mom. They pick up the little boy. They take him to his mom. She sets him in his lap and rocks him all morning long. I'm sure she was crying out for help. And the little boy died. Took him upstairs and laid him on the bed in the room that they had built for the prophet. And then she turns to the servant. She says, saddle the donkey. Don't look right. Don't look left. Don't worry about me. Do not stop until we reach the prophet. You see, it was never about the mom. And it was never about the prophet. It was about that little dead boy that was lying in that room. The patient. The one who needed help. Immediately, always about the patient. And they stop when they see the prophet. The prophet goes back, lays on the little child. He becomes alive again, picks him up, takes him down, lays him in the arms of his mom, So there you go, it's done. It was always about the prophet, I mean, about the patient, always. Never about the preacher, never about that prophet, never about Moses, was never about that centurion. You remember the centurion? The centurion is a man, uh, a military man who's over a group of men. And so Jesus came one day, and he, he came up to Jesus, and he said, uh, he said, my, my servant is at home, and he has the policy. He's dying. Would you, would you come home with me and, and, and heal him? Or, or would you heal him? Jesus said, I'll go home with you. I'll, I'll go to your home, and, and I'll, I'll do that at your home. And centurion says, no, I'm a man of authority. I say to this one, do that, and it does it. You go there, and he goes. You do this, and he does He said, I'm a man of authority, just like you, Jesus. He said, all you have to do is just say the word. You see, it really wasn't about the centurion, nor was it about Jesus, it was all about the patient back home that desperately needed a, a healing. It's never about the the, the never about the song leader. I look at your song leader, and you know I call him a long drink of water. I mean, he, 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 he's so tall he has to bend over to, to, to touch that guitar, but he's good. But it's never about him. All of his worship, all of his leading, it's never about him. It's all about you, to draw you closer to our God. Let me go on a little bit farther. You remember when you preached this. Don't tell me how many times. I can guess. Little boy that had the loaves and the fishes, Every preacher, when you start out, that's your first sermon. And then when you run out of that, you say, the next sermon, Jesus wept. And then you've got to start studying. <laughs> you remember the story when Jesus had gotten on a boat, went a distance, came into the land? 5,000 men plus women and children. It's estimated at least 15,000 to 18,000 people. Came out to hear Jesus. The disciples said to Jesus, It's late. You're long winded. You're like that evangelist from Mexico. You're long winded. Send them away. They're hungry. Jesus said to him, Feed them. But we have no food. You remember the story where the little boy comes up with his lunch? Seven pieces of bread, a couple of fish. And he gave it to the disciples. They gave it to Jesus. Jesus lifted it up. And he blessed it. It was never about the little boy's willingness to share his lunch. It was never about the authority of Jesus Christ to be able to multiply that, that little lunch. You know what it was about? It was about 15,000. Hungry people. It's always about the patient. I love you. You've been saved for a long time. But let me back up. It's never really, really about you. It's about that person that doesn't know Christ that walks in this church door. That's why we lift up the name of Jesus. That's why we worship. That's why we invite the Spirit of the Lord. That's why, so that when they walk in, they feel that tingling within their spirit, and they know they're in the presence of the Almighty God. It's always about the patient. Let me go a little bit further. And I want to state this again. Jesus said, The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he sent me to preach to you. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to you. He has sent me to open your blind eyes. He has sent me to lift you out of oppression. It's all about you. That's why we come to church. That's why we worship. That's why we sing. That's why we do everything we do. It's because of you. God loves you that much. You want some proof? I'll give you some proof. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him, I am the whosoever. God so loved the world that Larry Myers could have life and life eternal. I want to play a little bit of, uh, I want you to enter into this service with me. When I say we, or when I say name of Scripture, I just want you to shout your name. Because it's not about me or about Jesus. It's about you. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that should not perish, but have everlasting life. Second Corinthians five. It was all about us. God was in Christ, reconciling who? Who is us? Mike, Mary Lou, Jen. He was in Christ reconciling us to himself. And thank God he didn't stop there. Not counting our sins. Not counting whose sins? Whose sin? Who else? Not counting Larry's sins against him. It's all about the patience. John 10, 10, you quoted it this morning, the thief come but to steal, kill, destroy. But I have come that, huh, 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 might have life and that more abundantly you are special in the eyes of God. You are special in the eyes of God. He did it all for you. And some of you need to look at your identification and see what your name is because you've forgotten it. John 14. I go to prepare a place for who? Who? For you. And if I go, I will come again and receive unto myself that where I am, you may be also. You tell me that's not proof that it's all about the patient. Not about Jesus. Jesus could have remained in glory. He came for you prepare a place for you, an eternal place. First Thessalonians 4 and 17. If you've ever preached a funeral, you've used this sermon. The Lord will return in a shout. The dead in Christ shall rise first and... Come on. Come on. John, Paul, Jane, Sam... Boulevard or whatever, shall rise to meet him in the air and forever to be with our Lord. He's talking about you, the patient, beloved. You're very special. It was never about Jesus. It was always about the patient. The last week of his life, They beat him severely. They mocked him openly. They tried to humiliate him. They plucked his beard. They spat in his face. He carried his cross as far as he could. When he fell beneath the load, they took the cross and put it on another man. It was all about you. On the cross, he said, it is finished. It was all, it was never about Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, I could have called 12 legions of angels. Two angels would have been enough. Could have called 10,000 angels to set me free. But there was some Mike's and some Jan's and some Merlus and some Barber's and some Sam and some John's and there was a lot. Jesus did it for you. Suffered the, the, the death on the cross for you. You're special. This Christmas day, realize you are special in the eyes and in the heart of God. I think that clock's got a problem. Christ came. Christ died, and we received. Luke 7 and 22. Picture this. We have so many doctors running around here in ministry. I've had them want to put the doctor on Larry Myers. Man, I barely got out of high school. I was the only one in my family that got out of high school never been to college in my life. I'm not doctor. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. They put the name doctor, bishop, put all all kinds of, of all kinds of titles. Let me tell you why I am who I am. John is about to die. He's in prison. He calls his disciples and he said, I want you to go to Jesus. Ask him a very simple question. Who are you? Who are you? Are you the one that should come or should we look for another? Now, Jesus could have said, go back and tell him that that Dr. Jesus. Go back and tell him you just saw Dr. Jesus. Or you just saw Bishop Jesus. Or you just saw the right reverend Jesus. Or you saw I am who I am. Go back and tell John you saw the lily of the valley. You saw the bright morning star, You saw the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You saw the almighty. But he didn't. He said, go back and tell John what you see and what you hear. The blind are made to see. The lame walk. The deaf hear. And the poor are receiving the gospel. God, what a man Jesus was and is. You know why? It was all about the need of the patient. Never about the glory. We give him glory, give him praise. He did not come for that. He came to save you, to heal you, to deliver you, to bless you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you you beyond any amount that you can imagine. He loves you. Will you stand with me? As Pastor Mike comes, now, can I take a needle and stick a little bit? I've been blessing you for about half an hour. But if it's all about the patient, why do we, as Christians who have been blessed and saved so long, continue to put a pressure on the preacher to feed us when we're not hungry, when we've already eaten? That's the pressure on the preacher that we have to give more and more to people who should be reaching out to those who don't know Christ. Why do we have to hear how God's going to heal us when we're not sick? You understand? Why do we have to hear God's going to give us more and more when we don't need any more? But the world is outside these doors, the patient. The real sick, the real loss, the real hurting, the real dying, the real patient is waiting for you to bring them inside and let them meet this glorious Savior who loves them as much as he loves any one of us. Will you come, Pastor?